Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. What's up, everybody? Good morning. Glad to see you after uh, another mini hiatus. You didn't see me over the weekend. I know I promised a post-Sugar Bowl live stream, and uh, some, some things happened yesterday and over the weekend that prevented me from being able to do much work yesterday. That was the plan, and I didn't follow through, and that's my bad. But I'm glad to see you guys nonetheless. Welcome into the live stream. we got a ton to talk about this morning. My name is Michael Borky, and again, I'm really glad to see you guys. We had some snow yesterday. Okay, I know Mississippi weather's crazy, and the, the whole South is like that, right? Uh, when people say, if you don't like the weather in Mississippi, just wait an hour, you know? I mean, that applies in Alabama and Georgia and stuff as well. But Saturday, I was wearing shorts. On Saturday, I was wearing shorts around, and yesterday it snowed. Uh, what the hell? I, I mean, come on. What, what, what the hell is that? But uh, either way, so you got that crazy stuff going on. It's freezing cold today outside, just brutal. Uh, Winter's finally here after the solstice, I suppose. But winter's finally here, and uh, we got a lot to talk about this morning. So if you're on Twitter and you want to be a part of the conversation, you can't do it. So find me, hop on over to YouTube, Michael Borky on YouTube, or uh, Facebook as well. Uh, So subscribe to the YouTube channel or like my Facebook page or follow on Twitter if you don't already. And wherever you get your podcast, Mike in the Morning or My Name Should Turn Up Results, subscribe there. And uh, if you feel like it, leave a rating and uh, and a review. That would help me a ton. So where do you want to start? I can't decide where I want to start. Is it just Sugar Bowl reaction? Actually, no, I want to start with this. I've, I've decided before I even asked you guys. Um. Obviously, the story from the Sugar Bowl was Matt Corral's injury, right? That's the story. You have this future first-round pick, made a lot of headlines because he decided to play in the game, uh, despite some people uh, pushing him to not play, and the debate around whether or not these guys should play, and Kenny Pickett opting out, and he made the right decision. Hell, in the Peach Bowl's broadcast, the guys calling the game, we're talking about how Kenny Pickett made the right decision and stuff like that. So the debate is out there. It's been ongoing for a long time, and people have drawn their lines in the sand, and they, they don't really uh, – they're not going to waver. This debate's going to continue to be a problem forever, um, and that's it. It's just this is how it's going to be. But uh, going into the game, Crowell's getting a lot of praise for deciding to play, and uh, of course, early in the game, gets injured hurts his ankle, and that was the story. I mean, Ole Miss, there was a moment in the second half, obviously when they tied it up where you thought they had a chance to win, but the game was lost when when Matt Corral went down. It was a really good Baylor team, elite defense. I I would argue that was the second-best defense that Ole Miss has seen this season uh, was Baylor, and I would only put them uh, behind Alabama. Alabama's just got more talent uh, than that of Baylor, but uh, Baylor in terms of 
defensive efficiency and and all that stuff. Everything they do defensively, I think it's the second best unit that they've seen all year uh, behind Alabama. So a really good defense that was really getting after Ole Miss. I mean, Ole Miss's offensive line was pathetic. Absolutely pathetic um, in, in that game. Just got dominated by Baylor. And so when Corral went down, and we'll talk about Altmaier here in a little bit, but when Corral went down, the, the game was over in that moment. I think that was pretty clear. They weren't winning that game. They, hell, they may not have won the game with them with how bad they were playing up front, but I, I don't think that that was a game that they were winning without it. So he goes down. It looks bad. He gets carted off the field. Now they take him straight back to x-rays. Those were negative, and he comes back on the field, and that ankle's wrapped, and he's on crutches. Um, it was a sad scene. It was a really sad scene because you know what is about to come his way. And as Nick Underhill on Twitter pointed out yesterday, he covers the Saints uh, for his independent outlet, does a really good job. Um, He said, even if you fall three spots, three spots, depending on where you are, seven figures, in financial losses. If that injury costs you a couple of spots, it could cost you a million plus, millions of dollars. Uh, so it, it was sad to see that because, as you guys know, going into the game, I really admired the decision. Uh, I'm not going to tell you it was the right or wrong one. I, I generally don't like to make decisions for other people. My advice would be, I think you should play, but I'm not going to criticize someone who chooses not to, because as you guys know, as I've said before, it's easy for me to say when I haven't had millions of dollars waiting for me, as long as I am healthy uh, next spring. Uh, So it's, it's a very easy thing for us to say when we haven't been faced with a decision uh, like that. So I, I do not criticize those who opt out. I just praise those who, who choose to play. Uh, I think Corral's decision was an admirable one, but you saw uh, the risk that comes with playing football in general, and he got hurt. What I hated, and maybe I'm being oversensitive to this, and you guys can tell me if I am or I'm not. What I hated was the the reaction. Well, either side. You've got this kid, this college quarterback who's had a hell of a career and, and owes nobody anything but chooses to play in the game because, in his words, these are the guys that got me to the position I'm in. Why would I abandon them now? So you you got a great player, a first-round pick, possibly the first quarterback off the board, life-altering money facing him, and he chose to play in the game anyway and gets hurt early in the game, and it looked bad, and he's been dealing with ankle problems all season long. And while he's getting carted off the field, uh, you've got people doing the – See, I told you so. I told you so. He shouldn't have played. I told you so. I told you. That's why you don't play. That's why I told you. And look at what happens. The That's what really what bugged me is the, look at what happens. See, that's why you don't play. And I thought that was really in bad form. And I'm not talking about random fans either. I'm talking about people that have platforms that are um, members of the media that while he was getting carted off the field, I mean, they didn't even get give him a chance to, you know, get x-rayed yet. And you've already got people screaming about, see, I told you so. Using a guy's injury 
possibly one that costs him millions of dollars as a means to prove how smart you are. I thought that was really bad form. And maybe I've engaged in that in the past. I don't know. But what what is so hard about just wishing the kid well and shutting up? I don't know. And again, maybe I'm being too sensitive to it. But I, I mean, when you see a guy getting carted off the field in a situation that could have possibly cost him millions of dollars, and luckily the x-rays were negative and the, the feedback is, Obviously, he was hurt, but it's more of like a sprain that they expect him to be healthy and ready come draft time, um, as opposed to what it could have been, which is all very encouraging. But to to witness that and your first reaction be, see, I told you so. Everybody look at me. Look at how smart I am. I told you that he shouldn't play. Now that kid's hurt. And, and like using him as as a means to prove how smart you are instead of just wishing him well and hoping he's okay. I thought it was in really bad form. When, when you're debating whether or not the kid should have played and, and doing the I told you so thing, as he's getting carted off the field, I thought it was really bad form, and, and I didn't I didn't like that, and that's not something I'll engage in. Uh, he made the decision, and I think it was it, it was a good one, and I admire him for, for playing and the reason why he played. And all I'm going to do, for whatever it's worth to you guys, all I'm going to do is say uh, I admire the decision he made. He's a tough kid. I hope he, he recovers fully, and I hope if he's available for the Saints to draft, that the Saints draft him because I think he has all the tools of being an NFL quarterback. I had people Saturday telling me that he doesn't have what it takes to play, stuff like that. Please tell me what attribute he does not have that is required of being a good NFL quarterback. I, I would love to know what NFL quarterbacks can do that he cannot do. I would love to know what that is. Please somebody tell me what that is. I would love to know. Uh, I had somebody try to tell me that he doesn't have the arm strength to fit it in tight windows. What the hell are you watching? Anyway, but I thought that was really bad form. Uh, Maybe wait to do the I told you so thing until, you know, he's carted off the field. I don't know. Again, maybe I'm being sensitive to that. I thought some of the reaction, though, uh, was in really poor taste. Uh, Using an injury like that as a means to... Tell everybody on Twitter how smart you are. Uh, I thought was in bad form. And it's good to see that uh, a lot of the feedback and the, the reaction in NFL circles is it's not as bad as it looked. Uh, and like you have NFL reporters that were talking to front office people over the last couple of days, and they were all saying they don't expect it to affect his draft status at all, which is a very good thing. And uh, you love to see that for sure. Um so you, you hate that his career at Ole Miss ends that way. Uh, you, you know, you, you wish that he could have gone out in a better situation. But, uh, he, you know, I, I respect him for making the decision that he did. I, I admire it. And uh, he needs to be considered on your Mount Rushmore of Ole Miss players, I think. Because this is kind of hot takey. I said this on a podcast yesterday. There are other coaches out there that could have gotten Ole Miss to where they are today in two years. I don't think Lane Kiffin's in an exceptional job at Ole Miss. I don't think he's some kind of wizard that has, he's the only one that had the power to get them to where they are because of who the quarterback is. I think there are other coaches out there that could have gotten that, that program to the point that they're at right now. I do not believe there is another quarterback out there that could have gotten Ole Miss to where they are right now because it's not just talent. 
it's internal stuff. It's locker room stuff. It's culture, that kind of thing. It's not just what he does on the field, but it's what he does behind the scenes. I don't think any other quarterback could have gotten them to that point. Like you watch CJ Stroud play and you see somebody that has the attributes, maybe even better that he does. Right. So I'm not saying like he's on this pedestal of college quarterbacks that nobody can touch him, but the, the internal stuff, the the mental stuff, the behind the scenes, I don't think anybody could have gotten that program to the point that they're at. And when you look at where they are now versus where they were in November 2019, uh, the biggest contributor to that is Corral, not Kiffin. And I know that's hot takey. I get it. But I think there are other coaches that could have gotten them there. I do not think there are other quarterbacks that could have gotten them there. He should be considered one of the goats at your school, Mount Rushmore kind of guy. And um, good to know that the injury is not as serious as uh, as it looked, for sure. Not as uh, serious as it looked, so that's good. Uh, Tucker says, Jeremy, James's injury almost as devastating as Corral's, in his opinion. Again, almost. I hear you, though. I hear you. Uh, and, and Tucker continues to say that James has the most NFL potential on that offensive line. They got smoked, man. I didn't expect. I knew, like, we all knew Baylor's defense was good. They are at the top of basically every defensive category, especially rushing the passer. They're really good at that. They're really good up front. Dave Aranda is a great coach, and I think LSU is going to regret not pursuing him. I really think. I mean, he is. And how stoic is he? You know, I mean, just unflappable. He gets the Gatorade bath and doesn't even move. Like, is Dave Aranda some kind of robot? Just no emotion whatsoever. So steady. And his team plays like that, just disciplined, good tacklers. I mean, did they did they make a single mental mistake in the Sugar Bowl? If they did, I don't remember. Just very well-coached team, very good team. Um, so you knew that going in. I did not expect Ole Miss's offensive line to get dominated the way they were. I mean, just flat out, forgive my language, everybody, uh, got their asses kicked up front. That's what happened. They, I mean – the, the corral injury ended the game for Ole Miss. I think if he would have not gotten hurt, they would have won the game because of how good the other side of the ball played for Ole Miss. Uh, but it would have been hard considering how much they got whooped up front, just got their asses kicked by Baylor up front. That uh, they got they got schooled, they got taken to school uh, up front, and, and that injury to Jeremy James. Contributed to that for sure, but the rest of the offensive line didn't play worth a crap either. It was brutal. That uh, that was really brutal. Um, Deion Smith. So I, I believe it's still, as of right now, I, I believe it's still Ole Miss. Apparently, there are some academic things that are preventing him from transferring right away, that it'll have to happen at the end of the year. And and some people believe that um, there's a chance that makes things, I don't know, a little bit more dicey. That he could, the longer he stays at LSU, the more likely it, it is that he remains. Uh, as far as I understand it, it's still Ole Miss is the destination. It's just not going to happen this week. It'll happen at the end of the semester. Um, things could change, I suppose, but that's that's all I know right now. That's all I know right now, Todd. And yeah, Ron Roberts is a great defensive coordinator. And you point out Delta State. My gosh, the coaching tree from Delta State. The the, the guys that are out there in, in major college football jobs right now 
that used to coach at Delta State. It's pretty crazy. Like Pete Golding at Alabama. Um, Pete Golding at Alabama was at Delta State. I, I mean, what a football factory up there in, in little Cleveland Delta State has become. So, yeah, and sorry if, if I was on a soapbox there. I just I think some of the reaction as Corral is getting carted off the field from some people, the see, the I told you so, look at how smart I am, look at how smart I am as he's possibly losing millions, I thought was in bad form. Uh, each of these kids make the best decisions for themselves and uh, using a, an injured guy as a pawn in your debate, I thought was bad form. Wish him well, shut up, and then when you find out what that injury is now, I think it's more appropriate to start doing that. But while he's getting carted off the field, potentially losing millions is not the best time for me. Well, whatever. Uh, whatever. Luke Altmaier, though, looked good, didn't he? I, I think people need to realize, um, because there has not much, I, most of the praises or most of the comments have been uh, with praise, even from state fans. I, I had heard from a lot of state fans over the last couple of days that were like, oh, shoot, Altmaier looked pretty good, didn't he? <laughs> uh, so even state fans recognized. Uh, how impressive he was considering the circumstances, but I have seen some criticism and I I had some of it in my Twitter mentions as well. When you consider the experience that he has or lack thereof, his age, um, his opponent and the stage, you couldn't have asked for a much better performance from, uh, from Luke Altmaier. I really don't think so. Sorry, talking to the little guy on the monitor. Have a little microphone on this thing. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Anyway, um, when you consider the opponent, the stage, his lack of experience, uh, he performed admirably. I think that right now with the way Luke Altmaier played, um, it wasn't perfect. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it, it wasn't perfect at all. Uh, his second interception... Um, it was telegraphed. I mean, from snap to throw, he was staring where the ball was going the entire time. And that's why a good defense like Baylor's was able to intercept it with relative ease. Uh, there were a couple times he bailed from a clean pocket. And I understand why he, he did that, because um, his offensive line was getting destroyed all night. He was sacked seven times. It could have been more. Uh, but he had some elusiveness. It could have been less, too. He took a couple sacks he didn't need to take. But uh, So I understand bailing from clean pockets when you're getting beat that bad, but it, it wasn't perfect at all. Um, it, it was a freshman performance in some cases, telegraphing an interception, bailing from clean pockets a couple of times. But again, when you consider his age, his experience level, his opponent, and the stage he was on, um, if I were you, I would be very encouraged about the future of the quarterback position at Ole Miss. Uh, it's just one game, but I feel like the, the the desperation that was felt about transfer portal quarterback, that shouldn't be the case anymore. Um, he flashed, has some work to do, has some development to do, but he flashed at, at times. Um, good athleticism, elusiveness. Um, some maturity considering the stage 
And I mean, a couple of fourth down conversions, ran the football pretty well, uh, was accurate at times. I mean, not as consistent as Matt Corral, who's a generational quarterback at the school, but Luke Altmeyer looked good. And if that's the guy going into next season, you should feel comfortable with that, uh, especially with a full offseason of going through spring as the guy, going through summer workouts as the guy, going through fall camp as the guy, and then the schedule, the first six games for Ole Miss next year, are really soft. Perfect for breaking in a true sophomore as a starting quarterback. Was it perfect? No. Does he need developing? Yes. Are there things he needs to work on? Absolutely. But if that was what you got from a true freshman that has not prepared once this season as the starter at all, has, what, 10 meaningful snaps this season? I mean, maybe. uh, Maybe a little more than that. But no game action whatsoever in meaningful snaps. And then it's the Sugar Bowl against the second-best defense the team has played all year, one of the best in college football, and that's what you got? You should be really encouraged about what you're getting moving forward uh, from the quarterback position. I still think they need to add a, a guy somewhere because they only have two scholarship quarterbacks on roster right now. You, you got to have more than that. You got to. Uh, but I think, and with at least one of these portal guys, like Dylan Gabriel was going to come in and probably start right away, right, if they were able to land him. But as I understand it, at least one of the guys that they've looked at in the portal was looking for guaranteed Starting, like he, I, I'm only coming if I'm starting, and they told him no. You're, you're going to go through a competition because we have this guy on campus. Um, if there were any doubts, they, you know, of course, can still exist because he is a freshman after all, going to be a sophomore. He's not a finished product, but uh, you should be really encouraged by what you saw. And um, yeah. The, the desperation for a, for adding a quarterback is less important now, I think. I don't think you need to go find a guy that's plug-and-play right away. I think you just need depth because if this is what you're going to get moving, if what you saw on Saturday night as a completely unfinished product as a true freshman, if that continues to develop like you think it should, the talent is there to become a really good SEC quarterback. Will he be Matt Corral? Probably not. Not many guys are, but can he? Can you win games with what you saw on Saturday in the SEC? Absolutely, you can. Um, so, kid played well. He played really well. Showed you uh, why he was so highly thought of in recruiting, for sure. So, looked good. Change changed the dynamic of the portal situation for Ole Miss, I think. And and you f- should be really comfortable with what you've got going into next year if he's the guy. Really comfortable especially with the schedule. Oh, so uh, Deion Smith is a possible spring enrollee, according to David Johnson. That's uh, that's good to know. Yeah, it, most everybody I've I've spoken to still thinks that it's it's a done deal in the way that recruiting's a done deal, that you know things could change last minute because that happens sometimes. But the expectation still is for him to end up at Ole Miss. So. Todd says, with Polk going to the NFL, there's a wide receiver position open. Smith would slide right in, and Mississippi State makes a lot of sense, but politics will keep him out. Politics? What do you mean by that? Uh, hmm. I don't know what you're talking about there, I, but I have uh, I have been really out of pocket for the last week or so. Uh, really out of pocket. 
Hey, Serena, good to see you. He looked as good as he could have for the number of snaps he's had. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Mike says, Pete Carroll told me Luke would be all SEC before he left here. Oh, Pete Carroll. They said, Pete Carroll. I was like, when the hell did you talk to Pete Carroll? Mike, hold on. <laughs> Tell me more about that conversation. Uh, wow, that would have been sick. But uh, Pete Corral, yeah. Um, that was cool to see after he threw that touchdown pass, too, to Sanders. Um, Corral waiting for him on the sidelines like that. Seemed like they really like each other, too. That was pretty cool to see. John's asking if Durkin's going to A&M. Yeah, man, there, there has been some, some weird stuff around that. So it was reported last week that it's basically done, that expect him to go to Texas A&M. And then after the Sugar Bowl, it was reported that um, – you know, he's negotiating a contract to come back to Ole Miss, and, and he would prefer to be at Ole Miss if the offer can come close to what AM's offering. And now you've got Texas A&M uh, reporters again saying they expect him to, uh, to go there again. It's a mess. Uh, if that happens, that would be a big loss for Ole Miss because the, the job that, that Durkin has done and that program is pretty special to, to go from where they were when they took over and where they were last year to what they are now, even in the course of this season, how much better they got um, is pretty remarkable. Uh, he's done a hell of a job. Now there's uh, his co-defensive coordinator already on staff, Chris Partridge. People are really high on him and, and think that uh, he could slide right into that role. Uh, that Durkin would leave behind. And, and I've already heard of some candidates that they would hire to replace Durkin, but it would be a position coach and Partridge would take over as DC and people love the guy and think he'd be great and all that. But still, uh, there's no spinning it. If, if Durkin does leave for Texas A&M, which at this point, I, I don't know. I mean, some people are saying he's negotiating to stay. A&M people are saying he's going to take the job. I don't know. Um, if he does leave, though, it's a big loss because that guy's done a hell of a job w- with the Ole Miss defense. The last seven weeks of the season, they were a good defense. Not like they were good for them. I'm talking they were good, like objectively a good defense by the time the season ended. And they still don't have the personnel yet to be a good defense, and yet they were. So he did a really good job. Really good job. And if he leaves, that would be a big loss uh, for Ole Miss. Uh, a, a big loss because he's done a hell of a job. But word is that. You know, he was at least negotiating to stay, and maybe Ole Miss just can't match what AM is offering. I, I don't know. I don't know what AM is offering either. But because of who they hired at OC, they've got some money that was allocated to Levy that has been freed up uh, to help keep Durkin if that's what it takes. So we'll see. Thoughts on the new OC? I assume you're talking about uh, Charlie Weiss Jr. Uh, there were a lot of fans that were disappointed in the hire, and I understand why. Because you would think you could turn some of of the momentum that you've got into a, a bigger name or whatever, but um, I think it's a clear sign that Kiffin is more involved in the offense that people wanted to give it credit for. Uh, like I said on Friday, I believe last time I talked to you guys, um, when somebody tells you that Jeff Levy had total control over the offense. That's what people say. Jeff Levy had complete autonomy of the offense at Ole Miss. That's what he had. Well, then why on earth, when Ole Miss was on offense, was Kiffin holding a play sheet and talking the entire time? Well, who was he talking to? What was he looking at? 
If if he was not involved in offensive play calling, why was he looking at a play sheet? And why was he talking when Ole Miss was on offense constantly? It's because he was heavily involved in in the offense. And, and that's why Jeff Lebby, in part, is going to Oklahoma, because he won't have Lane Kiffin there to be involved in the offense. It'll be his show. And in this case, um, it'll be very similar. I expect Kiffin to be heavily involved, but... Uh, Weiss Jr. is younger than me, by the way. Younger than me. He's 28. I'm 29. He's younger than me. He's offensive coordinator in the SEC. And I'm talking to you guys on YouTube before I do one-third of a radio show this afternoon. But, uh, no, it's uh, it's a wait-and-see thing. I think it's a little underwhelming. But, I mean, the last time the two of them worked together, they had the number 14 scoring offense in college football at FAU. So there's some continuity there. Uh, he was at Alabama as well. Uh, a lot of people in the industry think that he's he's bright. And last time they worked together, they had a really damn good offense. So um, I feel like they could have gone bigger, but there's continuity there. There's obviously trust there, and uh, we'll see. Oh, SB Hodge, Metro City Politics, you know. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Yeah. And I, honestly, I, I don't keep up with with recruiting as much as you guys do. So I, I didn't know that he was actually committed to Mississippi State. I, I had no idea. Um, no idea. Speaking of Mississippi State and wide receivers, Makai Polk has declared for the NFL draft. A bit of a surprise. Uh, my assumption is uh, Makai Polk got some good feedback. Because I was expecting him to return to Mississippi State, as were a lot of Mississippi State fans. I mean, it, most people thought, myself included, but most people thought that you were going to lose Cross, you were going to lose Lashley, but everybody else is back for Mississippi State, and they're just going to keep on on rolling. Uh, Makai Polk was part of that everybody's back conversation, so a bit, a bit of a surprise that he's uh, leaving when he is. I figured another year in this system uh, would have benefited him and helped him move up in the draft, but maybe maybe he's gotten some good feedback uh, because these guys, you know, they, through agents or, or whoever, through contacts, they do get some grades from NFL personnel people to let them know kind of where they would project and uh, they can make more informed decisions now as opposed to just declaring and hoping they have a, a decent idea of where they're going. Like Jerry and Ely has declared for the draft from Ole Miss. Um, I think that another year would benefit him as well. Uh, there are some things that he does not do well that I don't think will translate yet to the NFL, but the skill set is absolutely there. And maybe through the, the back channels, he's gotten some good feedback from NFL teams. And because he plays running back, uh, because he plays running back, he's healthy right now. And it's a position that it's hard to stay healthy. So he's healthy now. Maybe he's gotten, you know, a day two kind of grade. Um, and is just decided, look, I'm healthy. I could get hurt next year and really screw this up. Might as well go now and the feedback's been okay. Maybe the same decision has happened uh, for Makai Polk where, you know, he's healthy. He's got a lot of good tape, obviously. I mean, he's had a hell of a year. He's got great tape. Um and has just decided, and some guys are just done with school. You know, some guys don't want to be in school anymore. 
for us, we wanted to stay in college forever because the real world sucks worse than college. But for football players, the the real world for them is playing football every day, making a bunch of money while doing it too. Some guys are just done with school and maybe that was the, uh, maybe that was uh, the case with him. Uh, but a bit surprised that, that he's going again. I, I assume either a maybe, you know, and also we don't know his situation. Maybe, you know, he, he's so, some of these players, I don't know anything about Makai Polk's situation. Some of these players, you know, have, have a kid and they want to go start making money so they can save up and, and take care of their child. Or some of these guys, you know, have, have a mom or a dad that uh, they want to help and they want to help right away. And how do you help your parents? You make a lot of money and send them home to mom or dad, stuff like that. So don't know a situation, but either way, Makai Polk's story is why I love the transfer portal. I talk about this all the time, but it bears repeating. His story is why the portal is good for college football and good for players. Yes, there is risk. You can enter the portal and not go to a better situation. Welcome to life. You can change jobs, and it turns out, hey, it's not that good. Uh, anyway, this is why I support the portal. Because Makai Polk, if he would have stayed at Cal, would he be in this situation right now? No, absolutely not. He would not be in this situation. He would not have tape like he's got against NFL teams. He would not have, or excuse me, against SEC teams. He would not have come anywhere close at Cal to having this kind of production. Not anywhere close. He would not have gotten the targets and the touches the way he got at Mississippi State against who Mississippi State played this year. The The transfer portal gave Makai Polk a better situation to go play in to improve himself and improve his financial standing. He literally made money because of the transfer portal. How am I going to tell people that the portal is bad because kids should stick it out where they're at when I see Makai Polk, who was at Cal, transfer to Mississippi State, have a hell of a year, in a good system for him, get a bunch of touches, a bunch of targets, a bunch of yards against SEC defenses that made him more money. How am I going to sit here and say that's bad? It, what cracks me up is media people or, or radio people, guys in my business, that have four previous employers in their bio that criticize the transfer portal because guys like Makai Polk don't stick it out in a bad situation. It's mind-blowing to me. If if you think that players should stick it out, then I hope you married the first girl you ever dated. Don't move houses. Don't, don't find a better house in a better neighborhood because you should stick it out with where you are. Certainly don't change jobs because even if it's a bad situation and the pay's not that good and you're not getting used the way you should, you should stick it out because you got to honor your commitments. Why is it okay for sports radio guy who's bounced to six different markets in his short career uh, criticize a college kid for improving their situation like Makai Polk did? This is why I love the portal. Kudos to Makai Polk. He, he found a better situation, went to a place that really, really exploited his talent, and now he's going to go make more money than he would have had he stayed at Cal. Is it a year early? Probably, but did he make money because of the transfer portal? Did he improve his himself and his standing? And will he be on an NFL roster next year? Absolutely, he will. Thank you, transfer portal. This young man got to improve his situation, and now he's going to make more money 
I, I could never criticize a situation that allows for a guy like Makai Polk to improve himself and make more money. And he did that at Mississippi State. And I'm happy about the portal. I love it. And this is why. So kudos to Makai Polk. He had a great year. It was a great pickup for State. It's a, it's a loss that he's not coming back. But now Mississippi State's going to have an NFL presence at wide receiver, which is something that they've been missing badly. And they've got it now with him. So portal's good because of guys and stories like Makai Polk. He's making more money. The portal is good. You're not going to tell me anything else. The portal is good. Portal is good. Thank you, Makai Polk, for showing us that's true. William's asking, plans on this show in the new year, will you continue to do this daily? For now, uh, for now, uh, I don't know how long it's going to last uh, daily. It's just a lot. (laughs) I've got a um, a lot going on. In, uh, in life right now. So for now, yeah, still going to be daily. Uh, into baseball season, probably still daily. Uh, maybe shorter once we really start getting out of football. I mean, we got spring practice, guys, in three months, right? Less than three months. So, uh, and, and state basketball is doing well right now. So so luckily we'll have some content there. Uh, but But yeah, the plan is for now to keep doing this daily. Uh, but once the summer comes, it'll probably be less. Just depending, honestly. Uh, I don't know, truthfully, but uh, we'll see. We will see. I love doing it. I just um, I need to get more subscribers to make it <laughs> to make it worth it. Uh, six hundred away from monetization, guys. Six hundred away. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if I can actually get there at some point. Maybe by next season. We'll see. Todd says I live in Louisiana. Is this show on the radio every day in Mississippi? Not not what I'm doing right now, no. Um, but, yeah, the afternoon radio show, yeah, uh, we're statewide every day, 3 to 6, Monday through Friday, every day. Uh, supertalk.fm will tell you where the stations are. You can just listen there as well. But, yeah, not this. This doesn't, this doesn't go anywhere but, like, YouTube and stuff. But, yeah, the radio show, man, it's uh, every day, every day in Mississippi. Mostly talking about Mississippi sports and then messing around with off-topic stuff. But anyway, Antonio Brown thoughts. Um, What happened yesterday honestly doesn't change my stance on him. He shouldn't have been allowed to be in the league at all. Uh, I think um, based on what what we've seen and what we know about him, he, he needs help. He needs clinical help. Like, professional help and that's okay a lot of people do um he is a human after all and i think we could all use a little help sometimes right but he clearly needs help he's an unstable guy and the fact that he has done everything that he has done over the last few days or excuse me last few years and we still just slap uniforms on him and and tell him to go dance on a football field uh, i think isn't doing right by him he shouldn't be allowed to be in the league, especially with now some violence in his recent past, arrests, um, erratic behavior. He needs professional help. And yesterday was another example of that. And um, he sh- doesn't need to be playing football until he gets that. And the fact that we've just... Yeah, Antonio Brown. Look at this crazy Antonio Brown guy and just creating content out of clear need for support professional support i think is pretty bad and and 
maybe finally people will start realizing that he needs that as opposed to continuing to play in the NFL. The league doesn't need to let him on the field right now. He needs help before he can play again. That's just me. But anyway, it was crazy. I mean, but that doesn't surprise me. I mean, I I saw so many people, oh, my God, I can't believe what Antonio Brown did. I can. How how can you not believe that he would do that? If anything, I would have been more surprised if he was a good soldier and played the rest of the season without issue. Sadly, it's who he is, and uh, I hope he gets the help that he needs because that's what he needs. What podcast am I doing? I, I do uh, also for Super Talk. It's called Rebel Report. So if you want more of me, you can you can get more of me there. Um, <laughs> you probably get enough of me as it is. There's only so much of me you can take, you know. I, I'm better in doses than I am anyway. But I appreciate your support. I really do. It means a lot. So anyway, um, that's it. That's it for now. Uh, Tomorrow, I expect some staff movement news this week. Uh, I mean, A&M people think we're going to get an answer on on Ole Miss's defense coordinator, DJ Durkin, today. So we'll see if that actually comes true. I've also – I want to talk about the playoffs with you guys um, because this sucks. However, the season does not. I've got a lot of complaints, and you're going to hear about them. So I know Festivus was a couple weeks ago, but you're going to hear about them. And uh, we'll talk tomorrow about it, playoff and stuff like that. We'll um, we'll talk about it then. So anyway, you guys be good. Thank you so much for tuning in, as you always do. Um, don't forget, if you, you know, I'm an open book. So if you want to talk sports with me, my DMs are open, you know. If you follow me on Facebook, my messages are, are talk to me if you want. I'm I'm here. I'm here anytime. So don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Thank you guys for tuning in, as you always do. I'll see you tomorrow while I complain about but I'll offer solutions. I'm not gonna be that guy. I'm gonna complain about the playoff, but I'm gonna talk about how we can fix it and offer solutions instead of just whining about it. How's that sound? Uh, because I think Alabama and Georgia, here's your tease for tomorrow, Alabama and Georgia playing in the national championship again is bad for the overall health of college football, and that needs to change rather quickly. We'll talk about that tomorrow. In the meantime, y'all be good. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Talk Mississippi Media Production.